My Seven Chakras, episode 171. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What is up, my action-taking family? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras, the show where we dig deep into the ancient world to uncover nuggets of wisdom that will change your life. This is one show where we believe that now is the time for science and spirit to join hands to solve major challenges that we are facing as a species and take us collectively to a whole new level. Action Tribe, today we are going to have a really powerful episode on getting organized clearing away clutter and making way for fresh energy. But before that, I'm going to read out to you our latest iTunes review that has surely given me a fresh lease of energy. The review is by Terry who writes, Aditya offers very valuable content through interviews with some amazing people. The positive energy is palpable and is very empowering. My fellow action taker, if you want your review to be read out as well, make sure you leave us your thoughts, your experiences and your views in the form of an iTunes review. There are two ways that you can do it. If you're already on your podcast app on your iPhone, just hit review and then write your review. You can also type in this link onto your browser to directly jump onto the iTunes review page. The link is my7chakras.com forward slash review. That's my7chakras.com forward slash review. You see, I read each and every review because every review counts. So don't feel like your review will not make a difference. Reviews, as I always say, tell iTunes that you are loving the show and as a result, help us rank better, get more exposure and make a bigger difference overall. So if this show has made a difference in your life, make sure you take a moment to write a review. And with that, we are now ready to bring on our featured guest for today, Julie Coraccio. So, Julie, are you ready to inspire? Yes, most definitely. Awesome. So, Julie Caraccio is an award-winning professional organizer, author, and certified life coach who supports people in getting organized and clearing clutter in all areas of their lives. She is the host of the popular podcast, Clearing the Clutter Inside and out. So Julie, welcome to My 7 Chakras. I've given our listeners a short intro about you, but take about a minute and tell us a bit more about you. Well, first, thank you for having me, AJ. I love how you are inspiring others, and I think that that is so important. So you've talked a little bit about my professional. The personal that I would like to share is that I'm happily married to my husband, Tony. I am the mommy, cat mommy to two black adopted rescue cats, Joey and Antonio. And I love being in nature. I love always being the best woman that I can be. I work with a coach and do women's group every month to clear my own clutter. And I love taking bubble baths. That is my woman cave. And that's where I can kind of relax, kind of get in tune with everything. And I do a daily gratitude every single day. Well, that is amazing. We definitely have a component in our show about a morning routine. So we're looking forward to learning more about how you start your day. But before that, let's take a few moments 
to talk about inspiration. What is your favorite inspirational quote and how do you apply that quote in your life? My favorite is no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And Eleanor Roosevelt said that. And I use this every single day in my life because I create my reality. Now, it took me a long time to accept and understand this. And I could accept it at an intellectual level. And I'm really at the point in my life where I'm putting it into practice every single day. So how others respond is about them or what they say and do is about them and how I respond is about me. So I always bring everything back to me. If something happens in the outside world, well, what did I do? to create that. And so that allows me, if someone's unkind to me, I can say, hey, that has nothing to do with me. But if it brings something up, what is worth exploring from that? What golden nugget could I find from that? Wonderful. I love this quote. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. I think it's really, really inspiring. Action Tribe, you are in control of your reality and your life. So if you haven't already, Make sure that you take responsibility for everything in your life because it's true. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So, Julie, let's dive in. What is your definition of clutter? Well, I view clutter as a few things, and I have a different view than most people do. So I view clutter as stuck, stagnant energy. If we're talking on an energetic level, I view clutter as undelayed decisions. And really, in a nutshell, I view it as anything that prevents you from creating the life you choose, deserve, and desire. So by that, I mean you can have spiritual clutter, you know, energetic, because most times people are like, oh, physical clutter, that's all we related to. And then sometimes maybe people say, well, there's mental clutter. And I expand on that with the emotional. And then what clutter do you have in your relationships and your health and your finances? Clutter really is what's keeping you stuck. Got it. So you said physical clutter, mental clutter, emotional clutter, energetic clutter, and spiritual. Is that correct? Correct. Did I miss any? No. Well, we can also talk about relationships, finances, Mm -hmm. health. I mean, it's really in any area of your life. I really concentrate on the five main ones, though, because those seem to be what most things fall into. Got it. So thanks a lot for providing that context and helping us understand the different types of clutter. But my question is, why should a person consider decluttering in the first place? Well, if you're looking to change your life, because if you look at my definition that I just told you, it's preventing you from creating the life you desire. So if life is good, then I'd say, hey, you probably have minimal clutter. Because remember, Mm. whatever is going on the inside is reflected in your outside environment. So if you are trying to have better health and your kitchen is so cluttered that you can't make a healthy meal, you're probably relying on takeout or you're probably relying on frozen foods, which aren't healthy and not going to allow you to be more healthy. Or, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you in my office. This is where I do a lot of my business from. If I'm trying to create abundance into my life, how can I create that when I have clutter everywhere? Because remember, everything's energy. So what's that saying? It's saying, I have all this stuff and I'm not valuing it and I'm not using it and I'm asking for more. How's the universe going to respond to that? They're probably going to say, well, you know what? You're really not honoring and using what you have. Why would you want have more? And, you know, I'm not a feng shui expert, but any book that you read on feng shui, one of the first things they're going to tell you is to clear your clutter. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about the challenge at hand. Now, many of our listeners, I'm sure, recognize on a very intuitive level that they need to maybe take out some clutter, throw out some stuff and things like that. Why do people find it so hard in the first place to declutter? 
really it depends on the individual. So let's talk a moment. Maybe there's an emotion tied to it. So mm. a lot of people make the mistake, and although I don't like to use the word mistake, because if you learn from something, it's not a mistake, but people will hold on to memories and yet they're, they don't honor them. And they think, well, the memory is here in this t-shirt that I wore with my husband when I first met him. Well, no, the memory's in your mind and in your heart. And if you let that t-shirt go, the memory is not going to go without it. So with the, when you release the item. So sometimes for people are challenged because of memories. Sure. They are challenged maybe because they're afraid they'll lose something. People are really creative. Sometimes will say to me, you know what? I need this clutter. It helps me be more creative. And I'm always going to say, hey, you know what? You can still be creative and you can clear your clutter and get organized, but they have that fear if I let it go. Or maybe someone is concerned that they might fail, that somehow there is in this clutter that represents their ability to succeed. I've also worked with a client recently who, you know, one of her homework assignments was we have to break this belief that for you clutter became comfort. So mm-hmm. she would retreat to a room full of clutter because that felt safe to her. So we had to start, okay, let's start to clear the clutter and let's come up with a plan for when we feel unsafe. How are we going to address that? So it really is individual. There are many reasons why people might be holding on to clutter. Got it. So what really resonated with me was the fact that you said emotional attachment, right? Mm-hmm. Or the memory associated with that particular object, that T-shirt, that garment, you know, those pairs of shoes or whatever it is. And what a person really needs to understand is that in order to let go of that memory, you need to first dispose of that object. Is that correct? Uh, Well, if you want to let go of the memory. And I think, again, like it's bigger than that. So when I also talk about you can have the emotional, the emotions that you place on the physical object, but you can also have emotional clutter. So say, for example, you were in a relationship and you never expressed your anger when they upset you. And so seeing that object is triggering anger or whatever. Well, let's deal with the anger too. Because again, this is a gift because this anger saying, you know what, I'm ready to come out. I'm ready to release. Let's do it. But a lot of times we stuff back our emotions or we ignore them or we don't acknowledge them. And then that becomes clutter. Because as you mm-hmm. begin to work in your physical environment, it affects your inner environment and, and vice versa. If you start to clear up some of the clutter that's inside, you're going to want to clear up the clutter on the outside as well. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, one of the biggest challenges I think people face is when they wake up one day realizing that their house is full of clutter, right? So are there any tips or hacks that you can help with reducing that workload on that day? Sure. Well, the first thing to remember is be in the present moment. I see a lot of times people when I work with clients, I say, don't beat yourself up. Don't focus on the past. Don't be like, I'm so angry at myself because I've created all this clutter. Because remember, Rome wasn't built in a day. And, you know, Mm. one of my big frustrations is we have these shows on TV that give such a false sense of the amount of time. If you took 10, 15 years to create all this clutter in your home, it's not going to be done in a day. So break it down into manageable steps if it is and stay in one area because a big mistake that people will make is they'll say they'll start on a, a little drawer and then they'll move to the bookcase. And so do not move on 
from an area until you finish clearing out that clutter. I think that that's really important. Ask for support. Ask for help. You can hire a professional organizer. If you have a good supportive friend, but be very careful of the friend that you ask because if you have someone that's judgmental, that's the biggest thing that I hear from clients is when they've worked with a friend is they pick the not the best friend to help them because they're judging them and saying things. And, you know, many people are embarrassed to ask for support. So don't be embarrassed. If you need support, ask for it. And then, you know, write it down. Because if we write it down, we're more likely to do it. Because if we think, oh, I'll do it and get to it later. If we don't write it down, it's not likely to happen. And then break it down into manageable tasks. So don't try to do the whole house. Say, okay, I'm going to start in the bedroom and then again clear out a drawer and once you've cleared out a drawer move to the next thing and then take breaks make it fun have music and then when you've done something you know and worked say a couple hours then reward yourself with some type of healthy behavior and then if you're really motivated the more you do this the easier it becomes and when I've worked with clients, when they once they start going, they are like, all right, I am ready to clear clutter. I'm ready to get the home organized. So know that most times that's going to happen. It's tough in the beginning, but once you do it and continue to do it, the easier it becomes. Wonderful. So loads of nuggets over here. Firstly, you said break it down into manageable steps because sometimes this clutter has collected over 14 years, 15 mm-hmm. years, 20 years, whatever it is. And it's not natural for you to clear out all that clutter within a day or two. So it's like a project, break it down into manageable steps. And then you mentioned very correctly, stay in one zone before moving on, because moving on from one zone to another without actually completing that one zone might lead to overwhelm. You also spoke about getting some support either from an expert or a friend that you trust. But again, the key is to make sure that you're Picking the right person because as you go through all the old stuff from so many years back, there might be some cobwebs or, or whatever there is, old memories, and you don't want that person to judge you about your past. And like any goal, write it down so that you can set aside time for it. You know, whether it's on a weekend or whether it's in the evening, whatever it is, when you set aside time, your mind knows that that time is for decluttering and you're going to do it anyway. And at the end of the day, we're all doing this to change our lives and our lives need to be full of fun. So whatever it is, know your why, know why you're doing it, whether it's for fun, add some music. Maybe you're considering this like a little workout, uh, breaking some sweat, losing some calories, whatever it is, make it fun so that you not only declutter your life, but also you're having fun doing it. So thanks a lot for sharing those uh, amazing insights, Julie. Thank you. Can I just add one more thing quickly? Yeah, sure. Just be prepared. This is the other thing I want to add because sometimes this takes people by surprise. You know, I've mentioned clutter in, in all areas of our life. So be prepared. You might be, like I mentioned earlier, afraid of letting something go or afraid of success. I've had abuse come up when working with clients. I've had some really intense things come up. So just, I'm not saying it will happen, but just be prepared. Some feelings, you maybe thought you had dealt with something and didn't. Just know that that could possibly happen and perhaps think of having a game plan on how to handle that. Got it. So you spoke about a game plan. You spoke about looking at it as sort of like a project. Now, let's say that a person has identified that there is clutter that needs to be taken out. How does a person get started? Because I think just getting started is the biggest step, right? And avoiding that procrastination, which can be overwhelming. 
you know, not getting started. So how does a person get started in the first place? Well, what I would suggest is if we're just talking about the home, like go around. What in your home needs like a major decluttering and have a little list. And then what in your home just, you know, is working okay, but could use some fine tuning. And then what doesn't need anything at all? So you look at your list. And then the other thing to consider is, okay, these are the rooms that need a major decluttering. Well, is there anything, for instance, I'm in my office. So if you're not paying bills on time and you're having late fees and late payments and your office is in disarray and something like that is an example, that's a place that I would suggest starting. So if you're, you know, losing something or having to pay fines or whatever it is, if there's something, a problem that needs immediate attention, that's where I'd suggest starting. And so then begin in that room. And again, you're not going to move until you have completed the project, completed the room. And then, you know, the basic steps really quickly are you're going to want to sort. So for instance, if you were in your or in your bedroom, sort all the t-shirts into a pile, sort all the shorts into a pile. And then once you've done that, then go through and purge. Well, what, you know, if this t-shirt's really ratty, I'm going to let that go. So you sort and purge. And Mm. then after that, you assign a home. So you're going to want to assign a home where all the t-shirts are going to go that you, for instance, wear to work out. You might have other t-shirts that you hang up in your closet. So you sort, purge, assign a home. And then you, if you need to, you find a container where if you, you know, maybe you need a drawer divider for your t-shirts or if you're stacking papers or something, you need a file for that. So what is going to contain that? And then once you've done that and really done the really hard decluttering, you're going to want to maintain it. That's something, you know, when I work with clients, I give them a clutter control plan upon completion Mm -hmm. of working together, finding out, well, you know, this is where you tend to get stuck and here's a solution to remedy that. So that just is really quickly in a nutshell, basic steps once to, to clear clutter and get organized. And I can get in a lot more detail, but that's just in a, in a nutshell. Sure. Thanks a lot for those steps. Now, you spoke about reaching out to an expert. My question is, what are some of the different ways in which you help people? I help people through coaching. I help people through doing the actual physical organization. I support yeah. people to coaching, the professional organizing. I also have something called a DIY plan. So for instance, mm. if someone's in a rural area, they might not have access to a professional organizer. So I have them send out a detailed sheet and then I come up with a customized plan for them. So those are just a few ways that, that I support people. And you know, we can coach whether it's life coaching or whether it's coaching to help get you organized. It really is in a variety of ways I support people. And then I also work, something I'm passionate about is supporting other organizers. So I coach other professional organizers because I'm very passionate. You know, we talked about energy a little bit and I believe we all have our gifts. We all have our talents. And I come from a place of abundance, not from lack or scarcity. And I've run into that in the profession a little bit and I didn't like that. And so I'm here to say we all have our niche. We'll all attract the people that we're meant to support. And so I like spreading the word about that as well. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now, Our listeners are people who really get excited, really get inspired, especially when they're able to hear about a person who used a particular practice and changed their life. So till date, what has been the most inspiring client success story that you've come across? Oh, gosh. Here's a a little one. It was inspiring because, you know, I believe we all have the answers within. And so I see my job as to support people and being able to clear their clutter to find their own answers. And I was working with a client Mm -hmm. and these are the kind of aha moments that I absolutely love. And so she had a stack of papers about two to three feet high. I was like, okay, what's going on with these? And so we're going through them and she said, oh, those are 
articles that I'm going to send to people or that's, you know, something I want to write them a note. And I said, okay, well, how long have we had this pile? And she said, about two or three years. So we continued to talk and to clear the pile. And I was asking her questions. And all of a sudden, she started to cry. And she said, I'm afraid if I don't send people and keep in touch by sending these articles that they won't love me anymore. As soon as she was able to voice that, she knew it was false. And then she was like, they love me. And she was able to completely clear her pile of papers. And we put it all in the recycle bin. So those are the kind of aha moments that I like. I've also worked... One of the things that I really enjoy is seeing relationships heal when they've cleared the clutter and gotten organized. Because sometimes in the family situation, you have someone who clears their clutter and is organized Mm. and you have someone that isn't. And so when you work on that and it helps heal relationships, I had one client, her mom would criticize her every time she walked through the door. She cleared her clutter and got organized. She didn't do that as soon, you know, when she walked through the door and that changed their relationship immediately. Oh, that's wonderful. I think a lot of it is also just communicating effectively, right, with mm-hmm. people in your family and understanding what can they expect from you and what will you do in order to ensure that the energy in your home is positive, is empowering, and is serving everyone living in that place. So I'm glad that you're able to, you know, show people such a change in their lives. So I know that you've helped so many people change their lives, right? With decluttering, uh, whether it's their office or whether it's their home. How did you first get started as a professional organizer? What's that story? Well, you know, it's a funny story. I had always, I'm really at a point now where I'm really happy. I have my type A mind personality as well as my very spiritual side. And I've really been able to find a nice meld with that. And I'd always help people organize. They'd be like, will you help me? And I'm like, sure, sure, sure. And so I was in a really bad job. I'm here in Raleigh and I had, my background was in fund development and raising funds for nonprofits. And I was in a horrible job and I thought I can't go on doing this anymore. What could I do where I would be really happy, I'd be good at it, and I could earn a living. And so it was coming up with professional organizing. You know, I just have to say, I am grateful for that bad job every single day, because I don't know if I would have had the courage to go off and start my own business had I not been treated so poorly. So I am grateful for that every single day. And the big aha moment when I first started my business in 2009, it was named Healing Through Organization, because that was really important to me seeing how when people got organized and cleared clutter, they could heal. And then as I was doing my business, I had an internet TV show called Reawaken Your Brilliance, and which interviewed body, mind, and spirit experts. And the more I did the work and the more I would work with clients, I had been working with a client. I'll never forget this because it I was, she said, I can tell this is stressing you out, but it's helping me. She's like, I just want to talk. And when I go in and home to do organizing, you know, I work in, in four hour blocks usually, and she wanted to talk. She said, this is helping me so much. And we were clearing her kind of her emotional and spiritual clutter. And then she was able to do some organizing on her own. And then I'd come back and talk. And so that's started my journey in coaching as well. And so as I was doing this, I was like, you know what? I, it's more about the clutter. If we clear the clutter, the organization is the easy part. So that's what gets me passionate, supporting people and clearing their clutter. And the name of the show was Reawaken Your Brilliance. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? That's what I want to name my business because we all are perfect. We're all brilliant and we forget it. Society happens. Our families happen happens, friends happen, and they make us, you know, they support us in forgetting that. And so I was like, I want to make a difference. And I want people to know they are brilliant. We just got to clear that clutter to polish off that diamond. Wonderful. We just have to clear that clutter to polish 
that diamond that diamond that is deep within you that you know is there but it just needs some clearing some uh, polishing and before you know it it's going to shine like it was meant to be so julie based on what you've shared today what is that one action step that you'd recommend for our listeners who want to declutter their lives i would say and this might be aren't what people might not be expecting is to have gratitude for a number of reasons so if you have gratitude for what you have you're less likely to have physical clutter because you are going to be satisfied if you're like i'm grateful for this and see how much you have you're going to have less of a need or a desire or a want to have more physical clutter you can't have two opposing thoughts at once going on in your head. So you can't be angry about not having something and be in gratitude. So I believe that gratitude and love are the quickest ways to raise your vibration, to change and shift the energy. So if you start everything from a place of gratitude, that's going to support you in clearing not only your physical clutter, the mental, emotional, spiritual, and energetic clutter as well. So if you And that's something that you can do before you get out of bed. You can do it when you're in the shower. You can do it on your daily commute. I suggest tying it in with something so you're more likely to remember it. But one thing, start having gratitude. So Action Tribe, for today's show notes, visit our website, my7chakras.com forward slash 171. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 171. I don't run away from a challenge because I am afraid. Instead, I run towards it because the only way to escape fear is to trample it beneath your foot. Now, this is an amazing quote by Olympic gold-winning gymnast Nadia Komenich. Action Tribe, whenever I hear this quote, I can see Nadia in all her athletic greatness, running and jumping, because she is one person who broke many records, broke outdated rules, and paved the way for so many young athletes of the future. Whenever you face an obstacle, running away from it will not help because the obstacle is going to stay right there. Instead, make sure you confront it, make sure you face it and that you take actions to overcome it. Because if you use all your focus and all your patience and your determination to find a solution, you will effectively trample it beneath your foot. So Julie, talk to us about a time when you faced a major life challenge. What was your initial reaction to it? And then What steps did you take to overcome that challenge? I was deathly afraid of public speaking. I am not kidding. And I know I'm not alone, that that is a big fear for a lot of people. And so what happened, I'd started my business. And so obviously networking is a part of that, especially for what I do. And I joined a women's group. Well, one of the things when you went to this women's group is everyone got a chance to stand up and give a 30 second presentation. And I thought I was going to die on the spot. And I'll never forget that. And I wasn't married at the time. And I said, my name's Julie Seibert. My business is healing through organization. And I mumbled something else. I couldn't do the 30 seconds. That was a huge deal for me. And I'm embarrassed. And and it was great because it was such a supportive environment. And people encouraged me through that. And so that support and encouragement allowed me to go... Uh, so someone in there, the group asked me to speak and I was really nervous and I thought, oh my gosh, how can I do this? But I thought, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? And she was in my group and they were supportive. 
And I'll never forget, I spoke in their home. It was a, a small, uh, it was part of a church women's group. And they made, they said, you have to get something to eat. Don't offend the hostess. I live here in the South. That would be a big offense. And they asked me to present sitting down. And I had notes and was nervous and it went really well. And that gave me the courage. I said, okay, I did this, that I went to another woman who had a store that was in the group. And I said, I'd like to give a presentation. Would you be okay with that? And she was like, absolutely. So I did. I'll never forget. It was a presentation on clearing your clutter and getting organized for the holidays. And I'm passionate about being green. And so I talked at that. So I did that. And now I get paid to speak. And so what it was for me is is facing my fear each little time and doing something and having supportive people who cheered me on. And, and also part of that is always how can I be a better speaker? And so I'm always learning ways. You know, I, my brother's a really good speaker and he was giving me tips the other day and, and suggestions. And so improving upon that. And I have to tell you this, this comes from my own personal experience. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, AJ, because you interview a bunch of people as well. It's all... I found the energy of being afraid is much more great than actually doing what you're afraid of. Because once you get through, the, put your feet through the fire, like, oh my gosh, that took so much energy. I can't believe that. I feel it's like this weight has been released. And what was I thinking? The fear and uh, around that was so much greater than actually doing the event itself. Absolutely. Completely agree with what you shared right now. I mean, what you said is is wonderful because it seemed like you're not asking people to take everything at once, right? You're just asking people to take one step at a time. And effectively, we're just pushing our zone of comfort a bit more. And as a person evolving, becoming a better speaker, becoming a better communicator, and as time passes, even though you're taking just one step at a time, you're transforming. And over a period of a year, people who know you will definitely remark, and I'm sure they have as well, that, uh, Julie, you've, you've, you've changed. Uh, so through your story, if you had to share one major life lesson with our listeners, what would that be? I would say that really what I just touched on, that you can face a fear and survive it because I think our mind creates everything about what will happen, what won't happen, and creates all these stories when our soul is saying, hey, this is what I want to do and this is how I want to move forward. So it's a lot harder, it's a lot easier to face your fear than to hold on to it. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now, your story like I mentioned earlier, something that many people face as well, right? Uh, public speaking, according to research, is something that people fear more than death. So it's something that everyone goes through. But you joined a women's group. And at that point, you were apprehensive about that 30 second intro, which I'm sure that anyone who's gone to a meetup or a place where it's like a networking event goes through. And at that moment, when the moment came, you sort of mumbled. Yeah, you were a bit embarrassed, uh, but you felt great because you went through it. Mm -hmm. right? And then you were also in a supportive community, which made it even more better. I used to be in a group called Toastmasters, and mm -hmm. it's similar, like a supportive community mm -hmm. where everyone knows that you're going through a process just like them. And they give you a clap, you know, they applaud you. So that makes you feel good, even though, you know, at the start, your speech might be really bad and everyone mm -hmm. goes to that phase. But you asked yourself this question, and I think this question is really powerful. What is that one thing that could go wrong? Or what is the worst thing that could happen? Because asking that question can really make you face that challenge. And then when you look at the challenge, you'll be, you'll be like, you know, it's not that bad when you really ask yourself, what is that worst thing that could happen? So I love that you shared that during that first speech you gave, you had notes, but you took action anyway. 
And that experience, again, made you feel great and so on and so forth. You asked people, you reached out and people said yes. Uh, and eventually, like you mentioned, you ended up getting paid to speak, which I think is the icing on the cake. And that's why I think you have asked our community to really take action, small steps, not large steps, small steps so that you don't overwhelm yourself, but also at the same time, surround yourself with people who like, know and trust you and people who believe in your vision. Because as uh, someone once rightly said that you are the average of the people that you hang out with. So thanks a lot for sharing, Julie. Thanks a lot for sharing that amazing story. Oh, well, thank you. Again, I hope it inspires someone because as you mentioned, a lot of, I know I'm not alone and people who fear that and you can do it. Believe in yourself. And it's so important. Do surround yourself with people who believe in you. Action Tribe, science is only beginning to discover through research what the ancients knew for thousands of years. What did they know? That the heart is way more than just an organ. It's our connection to spirit. It's our guide. Whenever you're broken, you're lost or confused. Because action taker, we all know this intuitively, that the heart keeps tab of what has happened, what is happening, and where you're going to go, and what you need to do in order to reach your life's calling. And as Royce Addington once so eloquently said, the most sacred place dwells within our heart, where dreams are born and secrets sleep, a mystical refuge of darkness and light, fear and conquest, adventure and discovery, challenge and transformation. Our heart speaks for our soul every moment while we are alive. Listen as the whispering beats repeat, begin, 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 because it's really that simple. Just begin once again. So Julie, as of right now, what is your life's purpose? Well, at the moment, it's supporting people in clearing clutter to create the life they choose that deserve and desire. And it's what I'm most passionate about. However, I'm open because I'm always asking myself, what else is possible? So in this moment, this have been doing this for a while. It's what I love. And if something else comes up that I'm passionate about, I'm open to that as well. That is amazing. Now, as you look back at your memories... Was there ever a defining moment that really changed things for you? Yes, I would say it's the, what started me on my spiritual path. I'll never forget this. I was living in Los Angeles and I was in my living room and my brother, my younger brother, who's eight years younger than I am, and I wouldn't consider him very, he wouldn't consider himself spiritual, but he's very perceptive. And he said to me, you see yourself as a victim. And in that moment, I was able to hear him. And I was like, wow, he's right. Hmm, what does that mean that I see myself as a victim? How is that affecting my life? And soon after that, I started a program called the Clear Sight Clairvoyant Program. And for me, that was really about clearing, gosh, talking about clearing a lot of spiritual and energetic clutter. And that was the beginning of my spiritual path towards awakening and being more conscious. But I was open to hearing him. And he was and said it in a way, he's someone that has a gift of saying things in a fun, light way that allows you to hear it. And, and that was life-changing for me because it started me on, on deep healing and uh, the path to be aware and consciousness. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy being aware. It's a heck of a lot easier to spend your life on autopilot and being unaware. But I have to tell you, I'm so grateful I'm not because the rewards are immense and I wouldn't change it for anything. And you know, I mentioned, I think at one point I work with a coach and I do two women's groups and that's what it's all is. It's all spiritual stuff. And I like to joke, you know, that she kicks me in the butt 
and I'm grateful for it because I was thinking about this the other day. I'm so much more at peace because of the work I've done. I'm so much happier. I got married later in life, but it was after I did a lot of work on myself and found my husband, and I can't imagine myself with anyone else. So that was really the huge turning point for me. Wonderful. I think that moment is really inspiring uh, because of two things, not only because your brother said that to you at that stage, even though as you mentioned, he's not very spiritual, but also because you had that presence in noting that comment and what it meant for your life. Because if you weren't in that state, you would just acknowledge it as a passing comment, right? Mm-hmm. But then you you noticed that and you said, well, what does this really mean in the grand scheme of where I'm heading in my life? So I think that's a really defining moment. And with that, we've arrived at the last round for today, the wisdom round, which is basically four rapid fire questions so that our listeners can take note and take action. So, Julie, what is the best advice that you've ever received? I would say for my business, it's you can't please everyone. And for my personal self, it's look within. So name a personal habit that keeps you going. Meditation and daily gratitude. Awesome. So what is your morning routine like? What do you do during the first two hours of your day? So the first thing I do upon waking is set my intention for the day. That's before I've hopped out of bed. I then have a half teaspoon of turmeric. And then I take our cat, Antonio. We have two cats, but Antonio likes to go outside. So I take him out for a walk and connect with nature. And then I post a daily gratitude on Facebook. And then I check in with myself and say, okay, what do I feel like doing today? Again, sometimes life is really scheduled. On those days when things aren't scheduled, I try to sit with my soul and my heart and say, what do I feel like doing today and coming from there and, and doing that? That is amazing. When you say Antonio, it reminds me of Puss in the Boots from Shrek. (laughs) (laughs) Was that your inspiration, Antonio Banderas? No, you know what? It's funny. We adopted him from the shelter and that was his name, Antonio. And my husband's Italian and we're all J's and A's in the household. So I thought, ah, we're going to stick with it. Antonio works. Awesome. So name a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today? The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I love that. It's a short book, and it's one that if you purchase or read from the library, you will refer to again and again. It's wonderful. So Action Drive for today's show notes once again. Visit my7chakras.com forward slash 171. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 171. So Julie, thank you so much for coming on our show today sharing those amazing stories with us and those actionable insights so that our listeners can really transform their lives by taking action right away. But before you go, tell us something that you're grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you. I'm grateful for today because I woke up, I'm alive and it's a beautiful sunshine day. So that's my gratitude for the moment right here in the, in the present. Awesome. How do we find you online? Reawakenyourbrilliance.com and that's all one word reawakenyourbrilliance.com and there you can find out more about me and if you are looking for support I do a free 30-minute consultation to see if we're a good fit for one another and you can also check out my podcast clearing the clutter inside and out and there's a link on the website there as well so there you go action tribe reawakenyourbrilliance.com we'll have the link up in the show notes as well as we've learned today clutter is not just physical clutter but there are so many different types of clutter and it's something that is there in everyone's life at some point in time and is something that is collected over the years, right? So it's not something that you can, you know, 
flick your fingers and it's going to vanish. But you need to treat it as a project and take one step at a time. And before you know it, you will be able to clear the clutter. Again, if you need some help, if you need some support, make sure you reach out to an expert or a friend that you can trust because alone we can do so less, but together we can accomplish almost anything. So Julie, thank you for coming on our show, talking to us about the power of decluttering and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you so much, AJ, and thank you for everything that you and your listeners are doing as well. We're all part of the oneness. Listening to my seven chakras. Go to my s e v e n chakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.